0: G'day everyone, my name is Jacob, and I'll be reading from Luke chapter nineteen, one to 10 and you can follow along on the screen behind me, or in your Bibles. Jesus entered Jericho, and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost.
1: My name is Scott. Good to be with you guys this morning. I'm the pastor here at Trinity Church Paraka. Um, Kids, uh, I, I, as I was talking to Rowdy Randy on the way, he told me there's a little competition you guys are doing making Zacchaeus up a tree. So I'm going to judge that later on if you've uh, got, your, got your molding done. Um, friends, I want to start by asking a question. Here's the question today. What kind of things do we value in Australia? What, what are the things that we cherish? I reckon there'd be a whole bunch of stuff we could come up with, right? Like, uh, we love public holidays in our country. Yes, we all cheer for that, right? We we love our sports. We're a sporting nation. We, we're we the kind of people who ride in the front seat of a taxi or an Uber sometimes, maybe. But that doesn't really tell us what we value, does it? It's just describing what we're like. But uh, I, I was on the web so on on the internet, this week and the Immigration Department of South Australia has put together a list of Australian values. They, they're telling people who are coming into our country, these are the things that Australians value. Have a listen and, and see what you think about this. Australians value a fair go for everyone. Oh, God, sounds right. We like that idea anyway, don't we? Australians value playing by the rules, being easygoing, as long as the job gets done, we value democracy, mateship and loyalty to our friends. We value humour. And to be precise, we value an Australian sense of humour. Whatever that means. What do you reckon? Have they got it right? Are those the things we value? Oh, I think they've missed one thing that Australian society society today really does value, and that is tolerance. Being inclusive, accepting people for who they are we have a a sense of equality for all and as christians this is something that we love don't we we love it it sounds so good and right and loving and we know that god made us all equal so we're on board with this idea but sometimes and and perhaps this is happening more and more now sometimes there's a clash Yes, yes, we do want to include everyone, but we sometimes feel an expectation or perhaps even a pressure to affirm things we don't agree with. And when that happens, it can be hard to know what to do. In this moment, should I take a stand even if that means getting labelled hateful or intolerant? Or, or is this a moment I should just kind of Put my head down and try to blend in with the crowd, not raise a fuss. Over the next two weeks, we're we're doing a short series. And to be honest with you, it's not going to answer all the questions we have on this topic. But what I want us to do is, is take a moment to see Jesus. Particularly, we're going to see Jesus interacting with two people over the next two weeks. And these people are both outcasts, the kind of people who were not accepted in their society. We're going to see the way that Jesus loved and included these people when nobody else would. But we're also going to see how Jesus transforms their lives. And then we're going to ask the question, well, what does this mean for us? And so today we start with Zacchaeus. Jesus meets Zacchaeus. And let's be honest, Zacchaeus is a man that nobody likes. As far as other people are concerned, Zacchaeus, Is a rotten, no good beast of a man. Why? What's he done? What's so bad about Zacchaeus? Well, it's it's in verse 2. Look again at verse 2. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. So a little bit of background here. Uh, At the time when Jesus is living, uh, the Jews did not rule their own country. The Romans did. They'd come in and taken over. And so if you're a Jew, you had to pay taxes to the Romans. I mean, nobody likes paying taxes, right? Put your hand up if you think, oh, I'd love to pay more tax today. No hands are up, right? Yeah. Even though we know our taxes can be used for good stuff, we don't like paying them. Even worse, if, if the taxes you pay go to prop up the country that's taken over your nation, Nobody, nobody likes having to pay taxes to the Romans, but it's Zacchaeus's job is to get those taxes and give them to the Romans. He took money from his fellow countrymen and gave it over to the dastardly overlords. So he's in cahoots with the enemy. You can see why nobody liked Zacchaeus, right? But there's another layer on top of that yet. See. The Romans allowed the tax collectors to take a little bit of extra for themselves. So, uh, imagine, for example, if the Romans wanted everyone to pay $50, the tax collector could come around and ask everyone to pay $51. And that extra extra money was their wage, it allowed them to live. But how much extra could they take? Well, that was kind of up to the tax collector. They could decide what they wanted to skim off the top. So, of course, the question then is, how much extra did Zacchaeus take? Well, we don't know exactly. But what did verse 2 say? He was wealthy. Zacchaeus took plenty of extra for himself. He was a de- So you can see why he was a despised guy. Everyone hated him. Not only was he working for the enemy, he was robbing everybody else while he did it. Uh, From time to time, if you're looking into the history of things, you, you can find stories from World War II about the mayors of French towns, French villages, and these mayors would take bribes from the Nazis to betray their whole town, to let the Nazis come in and rule the place, take over. Now, how popular do you think those mayors were with their people? I think if they had have taken polls back then on popularity, it would have been uh, pretty low. They were protected by the Nazis, but even they had enough sense to know how their town thought about them. That's Zacchaeus. That's him to a T. He's protected by the Romans, but hated by his own people. And you can understand this kind of thing, right? Like, Who are some of the most hated people in our world today? I reckon at least some of them, somewhere in that top ten has got to be scammers. Yeah? These scammers come in and they they rip away what people have worked their whole life toward. Imagine that happened to you for a moment. How do you feel that your retirement fund is now not yours anymore? He said some scammers ripped you off and they're living on your savings. Isn't there a part of you that if this happened to you, you just boil with anger. That's how people feel about Zacchaeus. And Actually, with Zacchaeus, it's, it's a little bit worse than that. You know, the scammer takes your money, and you never have to see what they do with it. But Zacchaeus, imagine, he rips you off, but he lives in the same town as you. So you see him with his new cars. You see him going on his expensive overseas holidays, doing the new renovations to his house. You see him out with the fine wine and fine dining and all the best stuff, and it's like he's taking your money and he's flaunting it right in front of you. Nobody likes Zacchaeus. He is as low as they come. And then one day, Jesus comes to town. This is a big event. Everyone is out and about for this everyone including Zacchaeus but Zacchaeus has a problem right he is short he cannot see over the crowd have you been in a crowd sometimes you can kind of see through people the crowd is too thick to see through them and nobody is letting Zacchaeus get in front so Zacchaeus though he's a clever guy he kind of sees where Jesus is headed. And so he kind of runs ahead of the crowd and he climbs up a tree where he knows Jesus is soon going to pass by that area. And that is when something that is incredible happens, something that shocks everyone. Look at verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Imagine Jesus came here amongst us today. I mean, that'd be pretty amazing, wouldn't it? Uh, you can imagine people be coming from everywhere to see him. And I mean, think of all the invites that he'd get you know, to, to come here and, and, and to do this or or go there and do that. It, it'd be incredible. But imagine for a moment, Jesus says, eh, No, Mr. Biden, I don't want to come to the White House and visit you. or Or, No, Mr. Pope, I don't want to come to the Vatican and visit you. But imagine instead, jesus hangs out with that same scammer who conned you out of your life savings you would be shocked you'd be saying what 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 are you doing jesus don't you know what this person did to me and that's how the crowds felt back then too look at verse seven all the people saw this saw jesus going to Zacchaeus' house all the people saw this and they began to mutter he's going to be the guest of a sinner I wonder, though, what Zacchaeus thought as he's up there in the tree and Jesus has just invited him, or j- just said that he's going to his place. What would, what would Zacchaeus be thinking in that moment? Me? Really? Are you sure he wants to come to my place? He's not mistaken? Hang on a minute. This is just a big joke? Is everyone going to start laughing at me soon? In fact, when was the last time I had anyone come over to my place as a friend? To the point being pretty clear, though, right? Jesus includes Zacchaeus. Here's someone that nobody wanted a bar of. He's hated. He is despised. He's an outcast who everyone shuns. And with good reason. But Jesus goes to his place. Jesus shows him the kind of kindness and acceptance that Zacchaeus probably hadn't felt in a long time. You know, as Australians, we value tolerance. But this is a kind of tolerance that goes beyond even what we see around us. Friends, I want you to know, if you feel like no one will accept you, if you feel like you're constantly on the outer, hear this, know this, Jesus welcomes you. If he can include someone like Zacchaeus, be assured, friends, there's room for you too. Actually, as we see what Jesus does here, it forces us to ask a question, is this us? Do we share Jesus' posture to the world? Are we willing to include whoever it is that God puts in front of us? You know, sometimes God puts people in our lives who are just easy to love and hang out with. Yeah, often it's because we have common interests or a similar background or our personalities just click. But what about when God puts someone in your life who's not like that? Maybe they value different things to you. Maybe their background is is nothing like yours. Perhaps they've made choices that you don't agree with. Or there might be things like addiction in their past. There could be all sorts of stuff. But when God puts someone like that in front of you, what, what's your what's your attitude? Do we share at that point? Do we share Jesus' posture? Are you prepared to give that person our time, our kindness, our love? See, doing that doesn't mean we have to affirm every lifestyle person that choice has made, that person has made. After all, Jesus didn't affirm everything about Zacchaeus. But he was ready to hang out with Zacchaeus. Look again at verse 10. This is what Jesus says. He says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's his mission. That's what he was on about. And it's the mission that he gives us too. Sometimes following Jesus in this mission means things get messy. But we want to be those, don't we, who share Jesus' posture here, being ready and willing to include and accept whoever it is that God puts in front of us. There's one more thing I want to see from this passage, though. You probably noticed this. Jesus not only included Zacchaeus, but Jesus then changed Zacchaeus. See, meeting Jesus had such an impact on Zacchaeus that he was radically changed by it. And you see the evidence of this very clearly. Look in verse 8. Verse 8, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. He's a guy who's, whose whole life has been about wealth, right? Getting money, accumulating it, more and more and more. But now he's he's, he's changed dramatically. He's going to give half of everything away so that the poor can be cared for. But that's not all. Verse 8 goes on. And Zacchaeus says, "If And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay it back four times the amount. Now we know that Zacchaeus cheated people. That's how he got so wealthy, skimming extra tax off the top for himself. Now he's pledging, like, get this, not just to pay it back, not even just to pay it back with interest, but to pay it back four times over. It's an extraordinary change in his life. And Jesus sees this, and look what Jesus says, verse 9. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Salvation had come to Zacchaeus. What else could bring about that change in his life? Now, it's worth us being just really clear on what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is not saying that if we want to be saved, we need to be like Zacchaeus. We need to do something really good, like maybe give away all our money and then we can be saved. That's okay. No, no, with Jesus, it's not about doing good things, and that means Jesus lets you in. Instead, instead, it's it's the reverse. What Zacchaeus does is giving away money. It's the evidence that salvation has already come. Let me illustrate by talking about golf. Now, golf has to be, the most boring sport in the world to watch, doesn't it? I'm sorry, Mike, it's true. <laughs> it's, my mum, my right? She loves watching golf, she loves playing golf. In fact, mum sometimes will sleep on the couch because she knows that a golf tournament is starting in the middle of the night and she wants to turn the TV on and watch it. I think I say to her, Mum, why? Why would you do that with your life? <sighs> Can I say, that you, you'll like this, Mike. Earlier this week, I admit, I actually searched on the web for golf highlights. Now, before you get worried that I've lost all sense of taste and decency, don't worry. I wasn't actually watching to see people play golf, but uh, take a look at this clip on the screen here. Something pretty extraordinary happens in the middle of a golf game. Here it is. Oh, good. Just watch out. Oh my, oh my god. Oh my god, everybody's
0: okay. Holy
1: smokes. It's just astounding. But the fact that there was enough evidently noise and cracking in the trees and the limbs to alert folks that this uh, you'll be glad to know no one was hurt. It's amazing, isn't it? You can see it there. The power of the wind to uproot a huge tree like that and just break it. Friends, this is what it's like with salvation. With the wind, you can't, you can't physically see wind, right? You can just see the evidence of the wind. The clouds are moving up in the sky. Well, that's because the wind is blowing. Someone's hair is flipping and flopping all over the place. That means the wind is blowing. Large trees are falling over at the gulf. The wind is blowing. It's like that with salvation. You you cannot see salvation. It's not like once you become a believer, you have to wear a certain uniform or your hair changes a different color. You can't see salvation, but you can see the evidence of salvation. It brings a change in people's life. Jesus changes his people. That's what we're seeing with Zacchaeus in the passage today. Salvation comes to him and you see the evidence in a changed life. And this really sets up the paradigm for what we see about Jesus. Jesus is an inclusive saviour. That's what we've seen today, right? He is open and willing for anyone to come to him, especially those who are outcasts, the despised, the the people that get looked down upon. Remember verse 10, he came to seek and save, not the people who are doing just fine and dandy, he came to seek and save the lost, the people who realise they've made a mess of things. There is no one Jesus will turn away. He is an inclusive saviour. And he's an uncompromising king. See, no matter what our background is, no matter where we've come from, Jesus calls all of us to change as we come to him. Not to live for ourselves anymore, but to live for him. Now, Precisely what that means for for each of us might look different. But no matter what our background, no matter where we've come from, Jesus will change us all. You don't need to do anything to come to Jesus, right? He is an inclusive saviour. But when you come to Jesus, he will not leave you the same. He is an uncompromising king, wanting you to come to him to hear his way of life. So, earlier I asked, do we share Jesus' posture of inclusiveness to all? But I want to ask something different. How has Jesus changed you? If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, how has he changed your life? Not that Jesus is expecting you to be perfect here and now, but but if you look back and reflect on your life, this is a really good thing to do, friends. If you haven't done it in a while, do it this week. Spend some time. Reflect back on your life, on the time you've been following Jesus. And ask, how has he changed you? What impact has he had on your life? Take time to reflect on this, to, to look and see the work of God in you. And to be encouraged by it. To thank God for it. If you take the time to do that and you think, I can't see any change, perhaps it's worth asking God, praying and saying, God, show me how you've changed me. Perhaps it's worth asking a close friend, tell me, how have you seen the way God has worked in my life? How have you seen the way he's changed me? I want to assure you, it's happened. Even if you can't see it in the moment, it has happened. Of course, as we look at our life, we might notice sin, perhaps even Sin that keeps coming again and again, and as much as you try to do to crush it down, it pops up. In those moments, friends, it's, it's right to grieve sin, but I want to say don't despair over your sin. You have a saviour. Remember why did Jesus come? To seek and save the lost, the sinners. You have a saviour. So ask God for forgiveness through Jesus. And, and keep asking God for the strength to repent and stop. But of course, there's a warning in this too, isn't there? If Jesus is an uncompromising king, then we can't compromise with him. We don't come to Jesus and still try to cling on to our old life at the same time. You know, Oh, Jesus, you know, I'm happy to come to church and serve other people and stop my swearing. I won't get drunk on the weekends, but as I need to tell you this. There are going to be times when I, when I just want to, when I just have to fill in the blank there. I'm just going to watch a bit of porn now and then. I'm going to fudge the figures on my tax return, but that's all right, isn't it? Or so on and so on. The warning here is, if you've been trying to bargain with God, if you've been trying to bargain with Jesus, trying to cling on to that old life, then, then just hear this reminder today, friends. Jesus is our king, our uncompromising king. So go all in with him, totally in with him. It's a good choice to make. Jesus is an inclusive saviour and an uncompromising king. Let's give him our life. Can I pray that we do this? Join me in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. And just especially today, we want to say thank you for the way what we've seen that we've seen him interact with Zacchaeus today and been reminded that he is an inclusive Savior. And Lord, we know we need this because we know our backgrounds, our histories are not clean and tidy, but they're messy and they're riddled with sin and We're so grateful that Jesus still reaches out to us, that he comes to seek and save us. And we know that Jesus is an uncompromising king too. We see the way he changes Zacchaeus and, and we know the way he changes us. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to live with him as our king. Not to try and hold on to our old lives at all, but to keep living with Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the one who we bend the knee to. Father, give us the power and strength to resist temptation, to say no to sin, and to live for Jesus. We pray that this would just be pleasing to him as we live our lives following him. And we ask for for your help in this, because if we're left to our, ourselves, we won't, we won't get there, God. So please be with us. Please help us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.